Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What is up, family? I have with me one of the most singular, special talents to grace the hip-hop scene in recent memory. This is an artist whose work spans over a decade long now, featuring a prolific output of some of the most forward-thinking hip-hop imaginable. And in recent years, he's received widespread acclaim from the hip-hop world, and myself included, for his past two masterpieces, The Crashing Sound of How It Goes and, and Man Plays the Horn, which just recently dropped. This artist is none other than Memphis's Cities of Eve. And so if you're curious to know what makes such a creative mind like this tick, I think this episode is tailor-made for you. Yeah. Recapturing the mind, revisions of the crime. You told a tight road, you choking on the brine. This the blackness, a black blackness. Before black was a blackness, you sold on the map. Farewell, fairy tale, shell casing a fact. It was this when you got it, when it's ours, it was that. Sim reminders like an old friend. I left him in the past like flash. I don't know him, we rumble again. How's it going, bro? How is this kind of recent wave of acclaim and kind of like spotlight been for you over these past few years? What's good, man? Um, yeah, shit is crazy. Um, it's beautiful. It's a, you know, it's a blessing. It's overwhelming. It's a whole lot of different things. You know, I, I keep to myself a lot, and and, and you know, kind of to my immediate people. So it's definitely just wild to see um, heads from all over just kind of gravitating to the music. Hmm. And you've been making music for, for, as I said, a decade plus now, and clearly displaying like a huge longevity. And one thing I want to zero in on is like, what were your initial experiences with music when you were younger? Because I've understood that you were in a hardcore band previously. And so I'd just like you to expand on like how you developed such like an eclectic ear for music. Facts. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was just like, um, I'll, I mean, I'll skip a little ahead, you know, as far as like the Cities of B project. Um, this project was more so just the culmination of uh, not really seeing many outlets as far as like, you know, you know what you just spoke on, like being in like hardcore bands. Like I had those experiences and rocking with, you know, people in more like the spoken word community um the metal community things like that uh when i started doing the cds v project it was more so just wanting to like throw all that into the melt mm. um but also too it's just like with some of those past experiences of like being in bands with people uh which all those people i'm still cool with to this day um 
you know, it's a lot to have to rely on like more heads than your own. I mean, obviously two heads are better than one, but when you got to kind of rely on a lot of different people to make something happen, you hit like more speed bumps than you would like to. Yeah. Um, when you got to kind of account for, you know, everybody's own personal trajectory. So with this, it was like, you know, I want to step into something where, you know, I am, you know, the master in control of it. If I want to put it down for a couple of years, I can, or if I want to just like go on a marathon for a few years, I can too. And it's only up to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But those experiences cut my teeth because especially nowadays, I feel like you, you get a lot of cats to come out and they just ready for the clouds to open up for them. You know, it's like, Oh, I gotta be as hot or I can rap. So therefore you should listen. You know, when you coming from these kind of backgrounds of playing in bands and things like that, it's like, you have no expectations. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you almost not expecting anyone to care. Uh, you doing it because you love, you love to do it. So I, you know, I wanted to keep that, um energy at the forefront of everything yeah man that's that like i can hear that um that idea of not having expectations and just kind of creating for the love of it without like this uh for lack of a better word entitlement or expectation that this is going to lead to some kind of money or popularity like it's all over your music in my opinion and the sound generally of your projects are so one of a kind, even within your own catalog, but just generally they're so raw packed with emotion, but also very like impressionistic and avant-garde as well into this, like mixing all these sounds together into this like unique smoothie of sounds, you know? And I love all these kinds of music that you kind of pull from. I feel like I'm clearly not just into hip hop, but I don't know if I could, ever envision merging these different sounds in the way you do it just like it once you do it i'm like wow that's incredible that's amazing but i don't even understand how your mind gets to thinking that this could work in the beginning so like why did you feel it made sense to integrate influences of like hardcore noise punk into hip-hop and what common like connection do you see between all these sounds that felt like it would make sense to marry them all together? Well, I mean, to me, like, I feel like any true head that's into music for like the soul of it can respect um, multiple different like art forms. Like the idea of like genre goes out of the window. Like I can remember back in like 2010, kicking it with uh, my homie MP, uh out in like north memphis and you know we're making rap beats but then we're listening to like psych rock simultaneously Mm. like i'm thumbing through his cds and we're talking about like obituary and like black you know death metal and shit like that so and also just like when you're a part of like a music community of people that collect records it's like you know you meet up at the record store heads are listening to hip-hop they're also listening to like classic rock shit, jazz shit, um, you know, weird shit from like, you know, um, Deutschland or some shit or like some African, African psych rock or something, um, you know, post-punk music, whatever. So people are just trading music because they love the soul of it. Um, and everyone's putting each other on the different things. So for me, when it came to this project, 
you know, I grew up on listening to, you know, obviously Dilla, rest in peace, one of the greatest to ever mm. do it. Mad Lib, um, heads like that. But also bands like My Bloody Valentine, Sonic U, shit like that. So for me, it was, it made it, it made sense to kind of approach it with all these things taken into consideration. Because like I said, it's like people that really love the music, if you really go into like their catalogs, they're bumping some of everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I mean, even like if we want to talk about someone like a public enemy or some shit like that, one of the greatest hip hop groups ever, like public enemy sounds like, like biohazard or something. Like they sound True. like a hardcore band. You know True. what I mean? Which biohazard sounds like a rap group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And obviously they tried to do that in more overt ways um, at different times. But uh, for me, it was kind of like, taking all of that into consideration and, and bringing it with a real, like, for lack of a better term, uh, like a holistic sort of approach. Um, Cause you know, especially with all these young kids, I feel like there's this whole like rager movement. You got yeah. these cats like, I'm a giant, you know, yelling over tracks or whatever. You have a bar that's so, uh, kind of referencing that, I think. Uh, yeah, these ragers really listen really to heavy yeah. metal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause you got, you know, you got a lot of posers out there, you mm-hmm. know, they do it for the, for the aesthetic. For me, it was never coming at it from an aesthetic approach. It was just like, no, this is what we come from. This is what we're into. Um, and this is where we cut our teeth at. So, um, I think that's one reason why the music stands out as opposed to like, you know, some dreadhead just screaming over a trap beat, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think, uh, I love that you mentioned uh, My Bloody Valentine and Sonic Youth because that's such a, that's such a clear kind of influence I can hear that. And I love those, I love those bands. Those are easily some of my favorite, they may easily some of my favorite music uh ever especially by bloody valentine and i think the the way that you use that noise and kind of like a wall of sound feel is very much something that i find really draws me to your music because i'm thinking of tracks like uh even like 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 street land on me i forgive yeah. me if that's not the exact right title but off main, main no, place no, the horn. It. it is yeah yeah street yeah. land on me like uh it it was the it was the moment so like I really liked Man Plays the Horn when I heard it. It was like, I've been into your music enough now to where it clicked pretty quickly, but I don't think it really hit to a, the level I, I feel it is now when until I listened to it on my like nice speakers and just played it really loud in the middle of the day. And holy fuck, like that whole play loud thing that you you always, you have that as like a statement to accompany all your albums. Like it's, it was spot on because tracks like that... Well, you- well, I was just, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like all the music, it should be played that way. Like, um, I feel like if you're just trying to bump it off the uh, the phone speakers or even just like out of some um, AirPods, you lose a lot of it. Like, yeah, you know, all, all that music, um, I'm running it through. Like, I got this old Pioneer amp head at my house. I got these like old clip speakers I cop. Um, and that's where I mix all the shit on. Like, just about everything in my home studio is probably like, pre-80s um but you know i'm bumping all that shit like you know with the knob all the way up so Mm. um it's funny because sometimes i feel like people if you don't get that overt sort of like pure born kind of bass hitting on it they're like oh this ain't knocking but 
I'm like, no, nah, you just got to turn that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> like, turn your speaking system up. Yeah, man, totally. And uh, I think uh, the fact that you play, I didn't know that, that a lot of your stuff is very vintage in how you record because that was, there is such a clear kind of, I don't know for lack of a better word, like aesthetic or just like feeling to your music that feels so vintage. Like, I think I said this in the uh, joint review I did with the, the next movement folks on uh, man plays the horn where we, where I was saying that it feels like this album in particular is, is very vintage. Like a lot of your kind of sounds you're pulling both from like a sample base basis and also just like how you, it sounds generally is very vintage, but the techniques you you create that you employ to like put it all together is so modern like and so just like in the future so it's just like a really cool mix it's like vintage your your view of what the past was like but in your like current modern day eyes it's just fucking phenomenal man i mean it's it's it's, it's definitely a, yo and big bless on that too um you know, it's it's a bit of both. I mean, I don't really talk a lot about how I make the shit. People be asking, they're like, what dolls you use? To me, none mm-hmm. of that stuff really matters. But one thing I will say at the same time is, um, you know, when you hear those beats, like I'm live recording myself, like making those beats. And nothing is like, you know, sequence in a, in a traditional sense of, oh, here's a loop and then I just place it you know, 30 times and then you get mm. the beat. Like all all those tracks you hear in any like flutters, filters, whatever the fuck, it's all like live recorded. Um, and even to another extent, like some of the vocals, you know, are like freestyled. Yeah. Um, just hit and record and just hopping on and spitting. Um, which to me is the essence of hip hop music, if we want if we want to talk about it. It's like cats hanging out in the park and somebody spinning break beats and chopping loops and then MCs on the microphone. Um, you know, we could draw a comparison to like punk rock music or something like that. But, you know, a while back I was speaking on how when I'm chopping the beats, that's my riff. And then I'm the man on the microphone controlling. Mm. So, um, you know, as far as the sound on those records, it's like I wanted to bring that original hip hop feel and the push it to the max. Man, that's that's I love the way you say that. And hearing that you do do a lot of this live, like I'm thinking of Cinema Club in my head right now. Cause that shit is fucking like crack, but it's like one of the nuttiest beats I've ever heard. And it's just crazy to imagine yeah, you blast. doing that all live. Like that shit is just insane. <laughs> oh yeah, that insane. was just yeah, straight up but, like made the beat like 10 minutes and then didn't even write it. I was just singing the song to myself and I was like, damn, this is the feeling right now. I just hit record and put the stamp on it. Mm. And uh, I think uh, you kind of touched on it a few times now, but the way you use your voice in your music is, is really one of the most special parts of your, your craft, in my opinion, in that it is like reminiscent, like you said, of like those kind of punk, punk and noise, hardcore forms. But again, the way you do it is still so hip hop. And I just find the way you'd use your voice is one of the key reasons I feel a lot of people, if they're new to your music, will be really thrown for a loop early on and will may need to kind of take some time to really get with it um, because it, it breaks a lot of like, quote unquote, rules in hip hop, if you will. So like my question is, like, what do you think 
rapping in such a unconventional, at least by hip hop standards and raw way does to your music? Like, what does it bring, do you think? Well, uh, to me, it's the immediacy of it. Um, you know, I when I think about rap music, hip hop music, like I love someone like a, a RZA, uh, MF Doom, just as mm. much as I love like a Playboy Cardi. So like someone might say like a Playboy Cardi isn't necessarily valid, but to me on the opposite, like he's just as valid. He's an MC and he's just expressing himself, using his voice as an instrument. Um, and sometimes I feel like people get so caught up in the linguistics of it all that they even lose touch with the voice being, um, well, A, an instrument or even just interesting, like on a recording, you know what I'm mm. saying? I mean, I also, I also come from a background of like, you know, poets and singers. Like my mom wrote, did poetry. She was also a singer. Nice. Um, and a bunch of people in my family were, um, you know, would sing in the church and shit like that. So to, to me, it's always valid to, if you're going to have the vocal component, you will make it interesting. You know, if someone hops on a mic and they aren't even saying anything, but it sounds cool to me, that's, like I said, just as valid as like Doom, you know, going crazy on a track or Nas or somebody like that, um, or Ghostface or, you know, even. Um, so with my shit, you know, I definitely wanted it to be, um, uh intentional mm. you know what i'm saying yeah i think intentionality is the key there because if it's just like you can tell when an artist is uh like a rapper is is just rapping in a way where no matter like aesthetics aside whether they're rapping really conventionally or, or like more like that playboy cardi style you can tell when it's just lazy and they're just doing it just to pass time practically um yeah but like yeah, like Playboy Cardi, I, I definitely like a lot of his music. Like, I liked the newer stuff. Like, that was kind of just, there's some just ridiculous, raw, fun, and just ri just ridiculousness to some of those songs on, like, A uh, Whole lot of Red that I fucked with, like, heavy. Like, Stop stop Breathing, like, that's... Oh, yeah, I mean, that's it's just insane. Classic, <laughs> that's just crazy. Yeah, that uh, shit is insane. Yeah, and when you talk about expressing yourself, I think that's a really important fact, because, like, a common theme that i gather from your music and just through like speaking with you now in such a short time is that you aren't afraid to be yourself you aren't afraid of not fitting in with the crowd so could you illustrate for us like how you grew up to be so comfortable with standing out and why you put a lot of value behind breaking these established rules and norms well i mean for me it was it was um you know, just where I come from, just coming from Memphis. And it's funny because me and Luke would talk about this shit a lot. Um, but I'll just speak for, my, for myself. I feel like I've always been standing on the outside. You know what I'm saying? It was never, I was never like some cool dude or some cool guy or the person with the best idea or the best person. I was always just like who I was. And people like that or don't like that for different reasons. Um, and to me, the music you know, in the long run became the direct representation of that or a or, or means for me to express that. Um, it's funny because a lot, of, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but kind of segue in from the question, but also answering the question. You know, a lot of times I feel like people will just be like, oh yeah, this album is cool. It's about like black empowerment and like black beauty. But to me, it goes deeper than that. I'm also 
when I'm rapping, I'm thinking about people that are in prison and people mm. that are like on the street homeless and like drug addicts and people trying to search for the next way out. You know what I'm saying? And trying to like be better, you know, cinema club, when I'm talking about ways of the world, when I'm talking about tragedy theater, the tragedy of trudging through the treacherous grind, true power still reigns. It's like a shout out to the people that are forgotten about because where I come from, no one was necessarily thinking of me. I was on the outside. You know what mm. I'm saying? And and in and, and different ways, you know, Luca talks about it in his music coming from South Memphis and then in the pressures of being absorbed within like a sort of like gang lifestyle and things yeah. like that. You know, me coming from where I'm coming from, it's like you're not necessarily within like a gang lifestyle or anything, but you can't necessarily go with the khaki, you know, straight lace motherfuckers either. You're, you're, you're in this like freako zone. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, so with, with the music, I really wanted it to be like a shout out to the people that aren't really spoken for. Because I feel like a lot of times when we, you know, we're like blackness and black power, I feel like usually the default image is like uh, a pretty chick with a fro and some like jack, jacked like model looking dude, you know, yeah. um, or like some Jay-Z Beyonce imagery, which, you know, I love them. They're great. So I really wanted the music to speak for like the entirety of like humanity as far as like the expression goes you know what i mean like it's not cute you know like it can it it can be that but it, it can it speaks also on the the ugliness as well and like through that finding the beauty of existence mm. man that's really beautifully said i've arrived i need to hold crowd again back to the wall Back to the source, like the emptiness before. Something brand new, I never felt this before. The black keys sound better when you press three. Only God can judge a pain this deep. A thousand yards stead, looking to the outer peaks. Lifted from the ground, blessed be the sound. The silence leave them shook up. One thing I, like when you're talking about wanting to speak for like the yeah the entirety of humanity i know that's a big statement but I, I do think your music does that because there's a line in particular i'm thinking of on um, the track black pleasure off the latest record where you you say um you're a fixture never to be cropped out of the picture and i found it really interesting because i brought this up in the review i did with the next movement podcast and e was quick to bring up because the way i took this that line was talking about was like referring you referring to your kind of like legacy and place in hip hop. But she was like, it's all, it could be that, but it also could be more about just generally like at black folks as a whole, how all of the contributions of black folks won't be cropped out of the picture and kind of erased. Like you're not going to let that happen or something along those lines. And I think your music does a lot of that and that it, it speaks to, so much but it's also really like personal at the same time to where it doesn't feel like very vague and kind of hard to connect with um so like how like but but going to like just to understand what was the meaning of that line and was it about kind of as i'm describing both kind of meanings it's it's about both meanings uh i mean it's you know harping upon kind of what i was saying just like the idea of like you've always been position on the outside um but you've also very much so been a part of what's happening right i mean if we and then you know let's say we want to talk about movements uh of people or or you know what i'll just even say for myself it's just like you know you feel like 
you've created something and, and, and contributed something and people will only see kind of like the remnants of it. And you're just stating like, no, I'm here and I've been here the whole time. Mm. Uh, so you're speaking on that, but also just like the history um, of people that have been like sort of like building, I guess, what, you know, this culture uh, that people always talk about. It's like, yo, you're not going to like take the shit and cut us out of it. It's like yeah. never to be cropped out of the image, you know? There's another line where I said, uh, I was situated way before time. <laughs> it's like, mm. you know, speaking of the, this infinite blackness that, that was there even before the idea of a spark, uh, before we even started talking about planets and stars and shit like that. I was situated way before time. Like, I know, there's a whole lot of gems. In Man, no, nah, there's a lot of gems on this album. But that, that song was really a really special one. Um, but, but focusing on you then, on that idea of like your, like, what do you think your legacy in hip hop will be when it's said and done? Or what would you, maybe what, another way of putting that, like what would you want to be remembered for? Folklore legend. <laughs> See, I mean, that's just how I've always felt. Like I've never, you know, people will come to me and they're, and they're just like, well, don't you want to be working with so-and-so? Or aren't you, don't you want to be like um, mentioned with who him and that dude? And mm. for me, it was always just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost, I'm more of a folklore legend, I guess. I mean, I hate to even say it, even though it's for someone else to say, because I don't call myself a legend, but I walk around in Memphis and young cats are like, what's up, OG? You a legend, mm. Bug King. That's for them to say. That's not for me to say. I'm just a dude. Yeah. I'm just a man. I'm just a man existing, maneuvering. And, um, uh, you know, in the long run, you know, as far as the catalog goes, I'm definitely building for the long game, the more like uh, full body discography is, you know, what I've been working on. Um, but at the same time, I just see it as like a, as like a folklore legend. All these Memphis MCs, you know, believe it or not, it's like a lot of the best like rappers, the best like soul music that's come from Memphis, you know, people weren't caring about any of that stuff until like after the fact. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's funny, especially as of late, because, you know, people have been finding like the crash and sound and or they've been finding man plays the horn. So then they just like bombard me with all these cool, oh, what, what do you think? Oh, it sounds like this. What do you think about this? And, then, and I'm just like, man, I really don't care. Like, it's like, it's kind of like, there's a really good Bobby Valentine uh, interview with Kevin Shields. It's just like, they're like, everyone likes you guys now. What do you think? And he's like, man, they didn't, they didn't care about it then. So why should I give a fuck that they like it now? It's like, it's yeah. like, I appreciate, I appreciate it, but I'm not vying for placement amongst like, um, you know, these popular, you know, people that, you know, a lot of people want to talk about. And it's no disrespect or anything. It's all love. I mean, there's a million great artists out. I mean, music is in a really interesting place right now to say the, uh to say the least yeah but um just speaking for myself i just see it as more of like a you know it's a, it's a folklore legend um the music speaks for itself and the people will carry that on and it's just up for me to give them that music you know in the long run you know i make the music i give it to the people and they carry it on um but i'm just saying i've I felt like at other moments in my life even where uh might have been you know people wanted to hoist me up and 
certain positions, I, I still felt the same feeling of growing up and still being on the outside looking in. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I'm going to just play my position. This is where I'm at. And, you know, people fuck with it. They fuck with it. And if not, it's all love, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so your home, your home Memphis, uh, it's, it's clearly intertwined in your work. It's a crucial influence, both like I feel in a sound way, but also in like kind of the subject matter and the stories that you bring in and paint in your music. But for those I feel that are, Maybe the first time they heard you was through Man Plays the Horn just this past yeah. uh, past month, like uh, who aren't as familiar with you. Could you explain like how Memphis informs your music? It's actually funny because I was talking to a homie earlier. We were talking about how like Memphis is kind of like this time chamber uh, on some nerd shit. Like, yeah, it was a Dragon Ball Z. They go to the time chamber uh, so they can they can train. And like years pass on the outside. Memphis is kind of like that. Memphis is like 10, 15, 10, 15 years behind at all times. Hmm. Um, but it's a thick place. Like it's real thick, real like soulful place. Um, at least for me and even kind of what I was speaking of on the question before. Um, you know, a lot of my influences, or maybe I didn't say directly, but a lot of my influences were, you know, soul groups that you know they were just cutting their teeth and just making crazy music and it wasn't like people were really caring about it mm. elsewhere i mean even you could even argue that you know a lot of the memphis legends like people weren't really caring about that until like 10 15 20 years into their career way after the fact you know it's like yeah. people just now were geeking on like the Tommy writes in the past like 10 years, th these dudes have been doing this kind of stuff forever. Um, you know, Shardy Pimp and uh, Skinny Pimp. I mean, there's a million of them, uh, all great artists. Um, so, I, I mean, I definitely um, got mad respect for just that sort of like focus that people were having, just kind of like, well, I'm just doing my thing and this is my realm. And this is what I'm creating and I'm putting it out there. And, you know, by proxy, it might get put in the conversation with other things happening elsewhere, but for the most part, they would just focus on their thing. So mm. Memphis is a good place for that. Cause I mean, there really isn't, um, you know, to someone who, who isn't really up on it, they might be like, well, this is this crazy music city. Like, I mean, there really ain't nothing here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> it's definitely like out of the mud. It's definitely just, um people just kind of making do with what they got um so yeah as far yeah. as like even you know me and luca doing our thing too it's like it comes from a lineage of uh you know we have ogs and people that inspired us directly that you know we were wrapped with some of them i saw earlier my homie uh, jason the hater uh mm. who's an og i've done some i've done some production for him um but yeah, it's like, you know, cats like that, you know, Fathom Nine, rest in peace, Luca's uncle, he was a big person that was inspiring us. Um, and definitely inspired me in a whole lot of ways just by, you know, him seeing me when I was young and just being like, I remember he was talking to us. And he wasn't saying I was better than anybody. He was just like, yo, city's going to go some places y'all not going to go. <laughs> what he was trying to get at was, he's going to like tap in and travel some places sonically that 
other cats maybe don't really want to go to. Yeah. You know, but but having someone who you look up to kind of like give you that, you know, put that battery in your back, yeah, give you that juice. You're like, yeah, it's time to go up. Yeah. And uh speaking of Luca, you know, like I know you guys are very close both on a musical collaboration level, but as a personal and a personal relationship too. And I think from an outsider and surface level perspective, again, it doesn't really seem like an obvious pairing from from an outsider's point of view. But the chemistry is so clear whenever you guys step on the same track. So, like, why do you think Luca and, and yourself connect so strongly? Well, I mean, the thing with him is, um, I mean, we're almost one and the same. I mean, you know, there's a, a lot of similarities just on a personal level. It's funny. He he's a, a Libra. It's like my brother's. My brother's a Libra, uh, so we click on that level too. Um, but I think the dedication is one thing that kept us close over the years. Just being really dedicated to the music, and also like, you know, there's a lot of cats that you know they might try their hand at something and it fails. They give up. With us, it was always just like we were in love with the music, so it was like we just kept going. Mm. Um, and even when we first started linking and collaborating, you know, I would go to his house in South Memphis and we, you know, we'd just be up in the attic smoking and making beats and rapping. And I mean, I would just stay there. I would go to his house and just be there for weeks, um, sleeping on the couch, just like wake up, get something to eat. And then we back at it making music. So that dedication is definitely like what has kept us so close over the years outside of like just our immediate like bond you know that's like he's family to me basically yeah and and when i spoke to luca back in 2021 he was he was saying something very similar about how you guys are actually very similar like i think he was basically saying something along the lines of like you guys just are generally on the same wavelength when it comes to approaching things but the way you approach them are different like he may say something in a way that you would never think of saying it and then vice versa, you would say something or in a certain way or strike a certain tone that he would not think of doing. And like that, that's what makes your kind of chemistry work so well because you complement each other so well. Yeah, very complimentary. Like, you know, we keep each other in check. You know, I definitely get spaced out in my head and um, and he'll just be like, hey man, you thinking too hard about this shit? Like da 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 da, boom. And then like, all right, man, you're right. And he might be thinking about some shit. I'm like, yo, what about this? He's like, yeah, you're right. So we catch each other. But then, you know, we'll also be like, you know, I might say something. He's like, y'all was literally thinking the same thing. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, very similar, sure. And so, you know, in these past uh, few albums, really from Gum all the way to this latest Man Plays the Horn from this year, I feel like that it's, there's like a an emotional progression that you're, kind of displaying for us from gum like i'm thinking of a track like i seen uh i seen you shine i just listened to that this morning Uh, just hearing that and then hearing some of the stuff we get on crashing and then on man plays the horn it's just really beautiful honestly to see that kind of because that song man is really that was the actual the first ever solo track i heard of you um i think because i only i only got hip to you through luca and so that was the first record that I decided to press play on. And I was immediately like, whoa, this is heavy. Like, this is really putting me in a headspace that I'm like, 
was I had really nothing really what I didn't know what to expect necessarily, but damn, it's very cold that track and it's very which one I've seen you shine. Yeah, yeah. Like the it has like that's crazy. I don't know what you even did with that. Like, I don't even know what that sound is. It feels like rain. Uh it's it's crazy. But like specifically focusing on on crashing first, what kind of headspace were you in with that one? Like what sorts of emotion were you trying to explore with that record? It was it was uh so crashing that record is definitely like a revelatory sort of just introspective album. Um but yeah, it's it's like a it's like a almost like a revelatory record. It's 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 hard to even really put into words the crashing sound of how it goes. It's funny because I, I had a whole spiel I was gonna I was gonna rap to you, just like the rundown of those records, because it's it's a whole trajectory of just Immortal Flame was like a dedication to my grandmother that had passed away. And um just that whole record was just songs I was just kind of building and they were, you know, kind of all over the place. And then she, I got the call that she had passed at like, someone called me at like 3 a.m. And I, I, I got up and walked to the studio and, and then I just started putting the album together. I was like, it has to be out like now, like it's done. Like I can't like record anything else. Mm. So I went ahead, I went ahead and uh, went ahead and stamped that one down. But Crash and Sound was more of a coming out of the murk of that moment and just kind of like a shedding of old skin, um, just ripping out like, a, what is that movie, Poltergeist? Mm. When the, the bathtub just ripping out of the flesh, it was, it was uh, stepping into something new. Uh, but also like a return to form at the same time. Yeah, I definitely hear that. I mean, when I... Like when I was thinking of that record, like especially hearing man plays the horn, it made it that much more clear to me like that, that, like you say, introspective, I a hundred percent hear that because for me, it felt very like on the songs that were a little more positive or a little more like outwardly joyful. I felt it was very cathartic. Like I'm here thinking of like how we, how we began or like oh, the, the longing on like near you. Like those songs yeah. are beautiful and they're really like they joyful, but it's not the same kind of joy I think we get on Man Plays the Horn because I feel like it was like very like anxious, nervous, and like very like in your head kind of thing. Like you were still kind of getting past something and this was like the, you were like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel because there were a lot of moments too on on Crashing that were a lot more melancholic, uh, intro, like and a little more reflective, like... Uh, my favorite, maybe one of my favorite songs is uh, Face Pressed Against the Glass. Yeah. That's that that one really like solidifies it where it's it's not like really dark necessarily, but it's just just something there that's like it's you're still kind of transitioning to something like like this renewal feeling. Like I feel like that's a perfect way of putting it. Um Yeah, what's well, actually a round of applause? Like I had to wrap it up, I had to make it new. Yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah, we yeah. we stepping into the we throwing these off and we stepping into this new. Yeah, man. And I, I think you, you really communicated that. And I was, I was actually in prepping for this conversation. I read one of your previous interviews you did with the uh, guy. Actually, I know he's a really dope guy, Dash Lewis. Um, oh yeah, he's but, great. Yeah. Yeah. We, and one part that really stuck out from that, that interview was you guys were talking about Bowie and this idea of 
a previous album of an artist could sort of maybe direct an artist to what they'll create in the future. And you said at one point, you said at one point you created the door with the next release, the door is opened and then you just jumped into this whole other realm with it. And yeah, I, I think that's super prescient because I feel like crashing was that, that kind of cathartic turning of the page. And then man plays the horn is like, the next logical step it's a, it's i feel like it's a lot more carefree it's less in your head and more kind of weightless and uh just just more calm and, and at peace with wherever you are in your life and so i'm curious like was there i noticed you mentioned like obviously you mentioned the 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 death of your grandmother so like once again like sorry sorry for that like i know that must have been a big loss for you um so i know that must have been playing some part as you maybe you were recording crashing but were there any kind of changes in your life or life events generally that made man plays the horn feel different than those previous records? And was this some, some kind of like emotional progression for you? I mean, definitely an emotional progression. Like, I mean, I, I would say like, uh, flame gum, I mean, gum, just the idea that chewed up and spit out, um, accompanied by a blazing solo, just like, you know, facing your demons type, just like, was a track, uh, heaven is a place. I threw my chains in the fire, in the water well. Um, you know, that is just like, it's almost like you, you you know, if, you, if, you, if you've ever like taken psychedelics or anything, and it's like you, you're crying, you're like purging it out. You're just mm. like getting yeah. out all these like feelings and, and then crashing sound is kind of like, the come down leading to the come up and then man plays the horn is like, I got to sing. Um, yeah. So it, it was, it was more so just like binding uh, the sort of loose ends of the past, just like really grabbing it and just like wrangling it and, and, you know, riffing on it essentially is what it was, um, which is, it, you know, there's a, a, a million things of a lifetime of any human as they're stepping into like, age and further growth and um enlightenment so to speak that that whole moment of time is what that was for me when man plays the horn being sort of the come out from it there's so many songs on this this new record where i don't feel that like melancholic uh undertone like i did a lot even on the on the songs like as i mentioned on crashing like it, it really did feel like you were like uh smoking on a on a brighter day like that like if i had to explain the album like that's that feeling it's like on the beach or like somewhere sunny just kind of relaxing like jay in hand you know type shit yeah and it, it's beautiful And there's so many incredible cuts of soul and jazz on this album. Subterranean Staircase, that's that could be that literally could be one of the best songs I've heard in in so long. That opening sample is just in like incredible. 
it's incredible and it's uh i was talking to a friend about it actually earlier uh a few weeks ago and i was mentioning that i feel like you are one of the few artists that would have even sampled that so for those that haven't heard the track like it opens with this just like this dude like this vocal sample from this guy but it's so tender that i feel a lot of artists would be kind of worrisome or like would kind of veer away from sampling something so tender because it could come off corny. It could come off like just too cute or sweet, but like you do that a lot. You do that a lot with the, a lot of your samples, like ways of the world that the way that kind of tone of that sample too, it's very cute, but it's not corny the way you do it, the way you filter all your stuff that you do in your recording process. Like what, what, I just find that amazing in general. And I don't know if you've I mean, noticed love, that you, you kind of choose samples that others don't. Well, yeah, I love cheesy samples. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, like, uh, I, I'd say, uh, I mean, probably black, I mean, shit, I probably did on all of them. Definitely come to life. I was, uh, that was the, an idea behind it. I was like, cause, and I, I spoke about it before with someone else. I think with, uh, with Dash, um, but I was like, all this like dark kind of like, you know, satanic music was coming out. I was like, I want to do some shit that's like um, more, that's brighter. Mm. So I definitely started gravitating to more, you know, samples. I guess someone might say they're like cheesy or corny, but I was like, no, I'm gonna spit on it and make that shit hard. Um, so, I mean, I. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I look for more of that stuff. Like, if I'm digging, um, I'm actually working on a new record now uh, and putting some stuff together. But yeah, like, when I hear something like, and Tim, you know, Luca is a good litmus test, too, because I might play him something, but like, oh, I ain't gonna fuck with that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can work this shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you fuck with that track. Or notice that I get sort of strained throughout the music. Uh, yeah, I feel like people don't these days. It's you're right. It's so rare to find music that is on like the quote unquote joyful, happier side without it just being vapid. You know, either music yeah. these days. I I'm one of those people too. Like a lot of great music right now, especially in hip hop, is a lot. is is very dark. It's very gritty. It's really like serious topics, quote unquote. But it's not like you can't make music like you do that has a lot of substance and is saying really meaningful stuff. And there's a way to kind of talk about these more uh, like uncomfortable topics like you do uh, without it just being such a downer all the time. You know, I think a lot yeah. of people don't even try to do it anymore. Like the happy music is just like top 40 these days. And that shit a lot of times sucks. Well, a lot of yeah, a lot of that top top forty shit, um, and and then stuff that's kind of buying for that is, you know, a lot of it is like devoid of any sort of emotion mm. uh, or or any like real feeling. It's like you know, for me personally, it's like you know, and you know, and I got other homies that can speak to it. It's like you know, we know people that have just been through the ringer. Uh, and, and just through the, the worst of it. So it's like when you can see the, the best of it, that's all the more reason to, to celebrate um, just like the joy of living.
You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, you know, even I, you know, I remember at one point in my life, I had to, I had to go to jail for a while for just being, being drunk. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, you know, it was just like some traffic bullshit, nothing, nothing crazy. Mm. Um, and you're in, in jail with, with cats who, you know, we're in there talking about hip hop and fools are in there laughing and you're in there with, with dudes that are robbers and dudes that are in there for just crazy stuff. But people are still like reaching for something greater. You know what I mean? And like people are still like, yo, I'm here and I'm alive. Like I'm animated by like the source, the infinite, whatever God or whatever. And that's going to drive me to something better than whatever this form is I'm in right now. And I feel like a lot of the music, like at least the music I make, I try to speak to that emotion because no one wants to hear, no one wants to hear a bunch of like perfect people being preachy, mm. you know? And, and what I'm saying is I feel like the best, all the best, like gospel music, um, soul music, jazz music was coming from people that have been through the ringer and are sharing their testimony. You know, like when we talk about the Miles Davises, the John Coltrane's, the James Brown's, you go down the list um, of just these humans that are, uh, have just been through like crazy life experiences and they, they feel like the blessing of just being able to be present and existing and, and sharing, you know, their expression of life. Um, so when I was, when I was sharing that sh sort of story of like being in something as wretched as like um, the U S like, prison system or something you know obviously i didn't have it bad like some people i was like i said i was in there for like you know mm -hmm. drinking and 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 bullshit like that but um you know what i'm saying it really just um i don't know it just adds a different element to it if that if that means anything no it does i think you're speaking like self-awareness that's i think what really makes makes some of this like self-awareness and life experience makes what you're saying just feel different, hit different, whatever you want to say. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, no one wants to hear someone that you just can tell they didn't really have to deal with much adversity in their life, tell you about, oh, this is the way to live your life. This is how to be happy. It just, you're just like, come on, man, shut up. Man. Yeah, you're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't get it. And it could even be potentially good advice, but it just, it doesn't feel like, like it doesn't feel like they can connect like you can connect with them because you just feel like we've lived two different lives there's nothing to, to latch on to and i think with like your music you definitely that's a, a key part of it is that it feels very even when you're speaking on kind of trying to like give like wisdom and try to like talk about your perspectives on some things you've learned it always comes from an a place of i'm not perfect though i know i'm flawed too and well, yeah, I think it's that like, makes yo, it real. What's that word, ways of the world? This world, tragic, black magic. Don't you give into the static and the lies. Don't mm. you give into the pressures on your mind. I was like, I was standing there way beyond seven steps to nowhere ever. It's like, yo, it's like, don't give it to the bullshit. It's like, yo, I was standing there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's real shit. You know what I'm saying? So, A, a really cool part of weight of uh man plays the horn too that i i want to get into is like a lot of these songs i think more so on this album than 
at least at my top of my head more, more so than any of your work previously is that there's a lot of multi-part songs. There's a lot of like different movements within each track. Like what was the thinking behind making songs in this way? You know, some of it, you know, and I, and it's funny cause I say intentional, but it, it was intentional probably just through the process of improvisation. Like for instance, like that romance hmm. song on man plays the horn. Um, man, I, I literally was just riffing. I was, I was jamming one morning and, um, I was, you know, that sample hit, I was letting it burn. And, and then I just jumped and, and the loop found me and I just let it burn. I just let it ride. Uh, so sometimes, it's a situation of just trusting the process, um, you know, being intentional, obviously, within your process, but, you know, trusting it and letting it go. But then, you know, um, you know, you might have a song like Catalog. Uh, I'm like, yo, this verse is too hard for it to not be present. I got to bring it in there. So, mm. you know, you might have, I'd say, for instance, like that verse, from that second half was on something completely different. Oh, shit. Um, but I, I, but I, I wanted it to be present. Um, so I, I ripped it from that, brought it back, and, and put it on a different beat. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I really have like a, a grand thing to say about the multi-part songs. Is It's more of just like, you know, you have these specific sounds or, or verses or, you know, words you really want to to all be there it's like you'll find a way to make them fit from my vantage point i think it, it at bare minimum it definitely made an album that is very long feel not long at all feel like it's just like constantly evolving it's always keeping your interest because like there's so many moments where it just like throws you for a loop disorienting confusing but in a cool way and i it all ends up making sense and i think that's really cool because i've I really like one thing that I think I caught the most from this record more than I think you've really mastered it at this point is that you really know when, like you said, let it burn, like let the sample ride, let the beat ride. And then knowing when to in interject and actually like add some verses. And even when you're not even, and even then you may not always be rapping like a full 16 in a very traditional way. You may just be kind of like, shouting some things or like rapping certain couplets and then letting it ride. Like, I think a lot of artists need to learn from that because I think people again are just trapped in the rules. Like, okay, well, here's the beat. Here's the pocket wrap in the pocket wrap for at least 16 bars. It needs to be all at once. I think you don't even try to fucking do that. You just do whatever the song demands. And I think it leads to such amazing results. I think the track is blues traveler, unless I'm getting mistaken for another where it just has a ridiculous sample. Like, it's, like, so anthemic. It's, like, you, like, dropped a bomb. Like, you just, like, are dropping yeah, a bomb. That's one of my favorites. Man, this yeah. shit is, like, oh, I was, play <laughs> I was playing at my friend's place, and he has this re these really nice speakers. Uh, clip speakers, too, I think. And uh, just fucking, yeah. just, it's, like, a musical bomb. And you don't rap, like, you don't try to rap and, like, overcrowd that song. Like, you, you rap where necessary. And it just makes it like work. And I think that's like a really cool um, aspect of your music that I, that I really love. What's well, like, you know, you got, you got rock music, you got jazz music, you know, sometimes you need a, 
you need the solo or something you need a drum solo or you need like uh, a, a long bridge or something um it can't just all be here here are my bars here is the hook here is the it's like let it ride for a bit you know at least that's how i like to look at it no i love yeah totally and i love that you know before we wrap things up like i wanted to talk about something that just dropped from you uh that caught me by surprise because i wasn't fully sure it was from you um but uh, it's uh, tamika's lodge this is a yeah, really tamika. Dope. yeah tamika tamika sorry for that tamika's yeah, lodge yeah tamika's lodge yeah it's a tamika's lodge dope dope project really enjoying it and you put it out under the african-american sound recordings uh moniker like what is the meaning yeah. behind that album title and like why why generally release this project under a different name because i know you have multiple projects under different names so i just kind of a general question what does that like do for you creatively well i mean it's just you know i can't just do a million cities of you drops um but i mean <laughs> you I, can just... you can it's not it's not against the rules you can if you'd like we would accept it. I mean, I guess I, I could. Um, I mean, I've been doing the African-American Sound Recordings Project uh, for a few years. Um, the name just kind of stuck. Um, as, as far as, like, the, the project title, I named it after my cousin, Tamika. Uh, my cousin, Tamika, used to do my hair when I was a kid. Oh, and uh, she's so funny. Um, uh I saw her probably a couple months ago. I was like, Gavin, what the fuck you got going on? I'm like, but yeah, she she uh she's turned up. But yeah, like I, I love her so much. Like, so anytime I can like shout her out, I do. Um, but yeah, I came up with this idea of like a a bed and breakfast in outer space that's run by my cousin Tamika. Um, but it's like a bed and breakfast to like escape just all the bullshit going down on earth. Mm. Uh, which obviously a time like now I'm like damn I wish I could just leave this planet for a bit yeah that, that was just the whole idea behind that project was you know something to shout her out but also I wanted to kind of harken back to the sort of like early 2000s like beat albums that were coming mm. out like late 90s early 2000s if you had like uh, Madlib did that DJ Rails project, which was really sick. Right. Um, there was also, um, you know, introducing DJ Shadow, which is a classic. Um, totally. And there's this one cat. There used to be a label from Memphis called Memphix. And um, man, I'm forgetting the name of this one album. Um, but there's this, this cat, uh, Dante Carfagna. I might be fucking his name up, but um, he uh, Express Rising. Yeah, he did this project called Express Rising that was like this really dope beat tape. But yeah, I just want to, you know, shout out the sort of like long form listen, like beat project, but not like a beat project. I feel like Bandcamp is full of those. You mm. know, obviously it, it landed on Bandcamp at some point, but um you know, for me, it was it was you know like a sci-fi album, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, I think the space feel uh, definitely came across. That's like really clear, and I think it's just really cool. Yeah, it has that like trans transportative, if that's a word, kind of feel. Where yeah, you are kind of like brought to somewhere else other than where you're at. So I yeah. think that that really worked. And 
yeah, I really fucked with it. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of, I think there is like a lot of beat tapes go on, but there's not many like this where is that more like traditional, like old school kind of feel where it's like really yeah. long, like, and is more like fulsome, like the Mad Libs used to do, which, yeah, I fuck that DJ, that DJ Rails project. Yeah, that project nice. is crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, this has been a like a really fantastic discussion. I before we wrap though, I want to give you a chance to shout out any upcoming work you got. I know you mentioned you're working on a new record. What else you got? Yeah, I'm working on a new record. Um, there's a project coming out soon. Um, but one of my homies from Atlanta. Um, it's a project repeating angel. I'll be dropping on Dot Audio Arts. Um, also got me and Luca got the Savior's Day. That's uh, still in the chamber. We working on that right now, too. Was that like um, a coll- Luca- collab album between you two? Uh, you know, we got some stuff in the works. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. We got some stuff in the works. and th- But then also the Luca album that's on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, me and the homie Outside Source were just chopping it up. We got some stuff we probably about to start working on soon. Um, yeah, it's a whole bunch of shit on the way. And that's incredible. I'm really excited for all of that. And just again, congrats on what has been. I know it's been a long, long career for you so far, but I feel like, again, those last these last few years, I feel like you're starting to pop up in a lot more conversations I'm, I'm a part of. And uh, just want to say... Thank you for making this music, man. This has just been this really your music has been some of like the really helped me out in some trying times, I guess you could say. So thank you for doing what you do and thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening, man. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grateful, very appreciative that people, you know, just want to press play on that shit. Um you know, I already know there's so much just like crazy, just kind of like empty music that's coming out. You know, cats that want to, you know, sell you the gun, rap to you how to use it and how to kill yourself. I'm like, fuck mm. all that. We trying to live. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we on some other shit on this side. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on, man. Big love. And um, yeah, I hope to speak to you again soon. Yeah, man, for sure. Take care. Yeah, big bless. For sure. Peace. Peace. Yeah. I had the textbook for dying. I had the basic instructions before you leave the earth's surface. Doing the worst of it, trying. Selling out while you buying. Injected in the place beneath your eyelids. You can't even sleep without it Trying to dream you think about it So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, 
exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levy, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.